Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. My thoughts this morning were prompted by the epistle reading, and I want to mention that because when I share them, it's not going to be evident that they were prompted by the epistle reading. Um, But where Paul is talking to us in Romans chapter 6 about our baptism and how we have undergone in our baptism a radical change in our very humanity and who and what we are. We've had a new birth from above, and yet we still struggle in this world to live according to that new birth, to remember it, to walk in it, and it's a great struggle. And he, he sort of speaks to the Romans as just a matter of fact, like, you know, why aren't you being who you are? Why aren't you just being who you are? Why are you doing these silly and foolish things? You're a new creature in Christ. Well, this week, so those are the thoughts that prompted uh, my comments, although I'm not going to really refer much to Romans 6 this morning. This week, it was in, many of you know, I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for our Archdiocesan Convention. And I had a couple of encounters there that I wanted to share with you. The first was a meeting that I had set up several weeks ago with a man who had contacted me and he's been Orthodox for over 20 years, very devout, pious uh, man, and he's interested in the Western Rite, and he contacted me and didn't know I was coming to Grand Rapids, he happens to live there, so I said, well, I'm I'm gonna be there in a few weeks, Let's, let's meet, so we did, so we met and had dinner, and had a delightful conversation. And I asked him, um, he was expressing his desire to sort of be expressing his Orthodox faith through a Western ethos and devotions and such. And, and I asked him, well, what did you grow up? How, you know, what faith did you have? What Christian tradition did you grow up with? And he said, nothing. And I said, nothing? He said, yeah, no, nothing at all. I said, well, were you, um, were you atheist or ag- were you agnostic or atheist? And he said, neither. But I kind of looked at him a little funny and he looked at me and he said, It never came up in his entire upbringing. It never came up. It just never came up. I still can't quite wrap my mind around this. I've been sort of stewing on this now for the last four days. How it's possible, how it is possible to never, never raise the question of where you came from, how you came into existence, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human being, and what lies beyond the grave. It just never came up. He, I, his, his parents are very, apparently very nice people. Uh, they still they live next door to him. He lives next door to them. He's 47 years old. And I said, what do they think about your faith now? He says, well, they think it's nice. Kind of like a hobby or something. He says that they do think I'm a little bit too religious. 
but they think it's nice. These people, the way that this man was raised, was just completely irreligious. So irreligious that the question of the existence of God never even came up in his whole upbringing. I, I just don't know how that's possible. The second story was even more colorful. Uh, this is going to sound like the beginning of a joke. Three priests walked into a bar. <laughs> it was a lounge of sort. It was myself, I have to admit, and two others. After we had been to our meetings all day, mind you, we walked in and we were sitting there on some couches lounging about, and a young man walked up, and uh, he was going to sit with us, and the way this area was, was we were together. I mean, if he sat there, we were a group. And um, he looked interesting, and he said, uh, he said, boy, this is going to be interesting when he looked at us, and he sat down. And I thought, well, that was quite the introduction. I wonder what's in store for all of us. And uh, so we asked him, we said, well, what's, uh, what's your name? And he said, uh, he smiled a little bit, and he said, uh, my name is Lucifer. We said, okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, he could tell we didn't believe him, so he... Um, he pulled out his driver's license, and sure enough, his name is Lucifer. Uh, <laughs> we ended up talking for about two hours with Lucifer. <laughs> um, this man, too, uh, I don't know, he's in his 30s. He had no religious upbringing, completely irreligious and he had also seemed to have been somehow inoculated from the grand questions of the meaning of life. He was very busy with his business, trying to make money. He had a little tattoo, real small, right there on his left temple. And I said, what is that on your temple there? Is that a tattoo? I couldn't tell, because it was kind of, you know, he says, yeah, that's uh, my business logo. So I guess we know what his God was. We talked for a couple hours. And as we did, I mean, the fact that we talked for a couple hours and he perpetuated the conversation. He was very interested. There was something in him that was awakened, I think. Just by our presence, actually. We didn't have to say too much. We did say a lot, but there was something awakened in him just by our presence when he came up, came up and joined us. As an addendum to this wonderful story, uh, we encouraged him to visit the local Orthodox Church, the one, the St. Nicholas, that was sponsoring the convocation. And he said he was going to go. We later told the priest that he should be expecting a visit from Lucifer <laughs> on Sunday. If these stories are indicative of what's going on in the wider population in our society today, and I think we know that they are, we can confidently say, we can confidently say that there has never been a time in history, in history, when man was so irreligious as he is right now, so secular. 
and utterly devoid of even the questions of the meaning of life, of what it means to be human, of where we came from and where we're going. Man just doesn't seem to care right now. It's enough to be comfortable, to acquire things, to sit in front of a screen, mindlessly scrolling through endless pages of meaningless information, titillation, memes with no meaning, endless talk, graphs, and just gibberish. That's what our life has become. Depression is pervasive. It's hard to find somebody these days who doesn't suffer from at least mild depression. There's just a collective numbing of humanity where we feel nothing deeply. No impression upon our souls. Nothing drawing us up into a beautiful ecstasy of flight. We just trudge through life. That's why we have all the zombie movies. You know, the Truman Show. and uh, I don't know what that other one is. Pleasantville. We're like walking dead. If some are lucky to feel something, anything, it usually doesn't go beyond some animalistic appetites. At least that's something. Hedonism is something. At least you're going after something. I'm not so sure that's hedonism or climbing the corporate ladder isn't better than just sitting in front of a screen, completely numb. The problem of the spiritually dead, the sleepwalking man, it is not new to our age. It is not new to our age. This is not unique in our day and time. This is a human disease. It's the human disease that's afflicted us since the very beginning of our fall. But I'm not sure it's ever been as bad as it is now. Or at least in the way it is now. Atheism was essentially non-existent 300 years ago. All of mankind has always believed in God and religious. Man has always been religious. Seeking some connection with God. Now, you know, we not only have atheistic pride parades, but we've gone beyond atheism. Even for someone to so philosophize about atheism or agnosticism is a religious pursuit of some degree. The man's family that I told you about, that I met with, they didn't even ask that question. It wasn't even on their minds about God's existence and the meaning of life. We've got basically people in pods hooked up to machines and existing with no self-awareness, like in that maybe prophetic movie, The Matrix. It's become somewhat of a reality as we all sit in front of our you know, screens all the time. It frightens me, terrifies me actually. This is something for myself personally that terrifies me. In my mind, for myself, there is nothing worse Nothing worse, nothing that terrifies me more than becoming inoculated, unaware, in a stupor to the divine spark within me, within you, within us. That spark that's to become a flame reaching up for the fire of the stars above. Ever since I was a young man, this is what terrified me more than anything else, was mediocrity. 
the status quo, coasting through life. To lose an inner yearning for transcendent beauty of the divine, of him who gave us life. To be awoken down deep of the terror of never being united to the life of God that draws us up into itself. To search, to have a quest and a call, a pull for our perfection, our completeness, our fullness as human beings. To never know that, to never feel that, to never have that lust for life, or to have had it and forgotten it. That thou, as St. Augustine says in his confessions, that thou hast made us for thee, and our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. To not know why we are restless. Or even worse, to never even experience that restlessness at all. That's the worst thought. The worst thought I could ever have. St. Augustine wrestled with his own lack of interest in spiritual things. In fact, his great work, The Confessions, really boils down to him wrestling with why it took him so long to wake, to awake to the pull of God within himself. He writes in one of the most beautiful sections of the book, he writes this, Late have I loved thee, O beauty so ancient and so new, late have I loved thee. For behold, thou wert with me, and I outside. And I sought thee outside, and in my unloveliness fell upon those lovely things that thou hast made. Thou wert with me, and I was not with thee. I was kept from thee by those things. Yet had they not been in thee, they would not have been at all. Thou didst call and cry to me and break open my deafness. And thou didst send forth thy beams and shine upon me and chase away my blindness. Thou didst breathe fragrance upon me. And I drew in my breath and do now pant for thee. I tasted thee and now hunger and thirst for thee. Thou didst touch me and I have burned for thy peace. To have tasted spiritual fervor and then to lose it, to go into the gray numbness, this is horrifying. Would, you the, would that you were hot or cold? John writes in the Apocalypse. By the way here, cold doesn't mean cold for Jesus. Cold means spiritually refreshing. Hot and cold are both good things. He's not wishing that they were hot for Jesus or, you know, cold-hearted. That's not what he's saying. Saying that you would have fire, that you would be a refreshing spring. Both good things. Would that you were hot or cold. I wish that you were hot or cold. The Lord Jesus tells the church at Laodicea, 
but never lukewarm. And he gives a very vivid, very vivid image. He says, you have become lukewarm, and I will vomit you out of my mouth. I, I am repulsed by my own lukewarmness. I'm repulsed by it. I find it disgusting, horrifying, grotesque. And I'm grieved by others' lukewarmness when I encounter it. Salt that has lost its saltiness is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So let's hear... If you weren't here for Matins this morning, I encourage you to go read the first lesson from Ecclesiastes. Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. All the things that Solomon did to find some sense of fullness in life. And in the end, he grieved bitterly. Bitterly he grieved because he had wasted so much time, so much of his life in all these pursuits. And he had failed to pursue the one thing, wisdom and the knowledge of God. May we return to our baptism. May we take the holy water from the font and as we mark ourselves with the cross, may we ask God to stir in us, to stir in us a zeal and a fervor for the things of God, to pray, to seek Him with our whole hearts, Give ourselves unto him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.